honest, I, I feel the happiest when I'm doing something for someone else. Even if I just have a smile with a stranger on the street, I feel happy. If I have a nice little conversation with someone and we end off and have a great day, I immediately, it changes my my mood, whether I'm in a bad mood or a good mood, it makes my good mood better. For me, it's the little things. Like I said, the, the little things with strangers even. I don't know if you're gonna see this voice moment. I was happy. Are, are you happy? I'm not happy at all. The question is, are you happy? Are you happy? I'm the happiest I've ever been happy? right now. P.S. Be the person who you'd want to meet because somebody needs you. Welcome to Are You Happy? The Happy Hour. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Are You Happy Podcast. We are back again on the weekly, meeting people from all over the world, learning fun facts about them, but also learning about what makes them happy and other bonus items. Today, we have an amazing guest with us. We have Ashley Vargas, who is a media psychologist in the midst of a PhD and super informational on social, and she just radiates positivity. Let me tell you, if you've not found her on TikTok or on YouTube, you need to check her out now because not only is she awesome, and positive, but she has so much knowledge for you and it's online. So let's welcome Ashley Vargas. Hey, Ashley, how are you? Hello. Thank you for that warmest welcome. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much. And I am a fan. I'm a fan. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and I'm a fan of Are You Happy? Everything you've done, everything you guys have created is amazing. So thank you for sharing your platform with me and my work. Awesome. And guys, we did not, we did not ask her to say that. That was totally voluntary. <laughs> it was, it was. Perfect. So I have to know, because I've always wanted to know this from the first time I saw your channel is where did you get the inspiration to do this? Where does it all come from? Well, it comes from my life experience. I think everything I've done has led me to where I am today. And I think my interest in psychology and my experiences early in my psychology career led me towards media psychology because many people, myself included, didn't or don't know that media psychology exists. And so on a scale of one to 10, how passionate would you say that you are about media psychology? I would say an 11, to be completely honest. I've developed a passion for it. It's relevant to me and everyone around me. And media psychology has the power to engender meaningful change in the world, given its unique positioning around technology, minds, and society. So I've definitely developed a passion for it as I've been in it. And I think it shows. It clearly shows in your work, the way that you explain something, the way that you are able to talk to these strangers in the park, or my personal fave, and I'm going to say this, you're going to laugh, but this squirrel. Oh my God. I'm living for that squirrel that you interviewed. Oh my God. (laughs) It's <laughs> so funny, but I know that's, that's not what the main point of it was, of course, but it, yeah, just all of the content that you deliver and, and your framework around how it is that you present it, it's so smart. And so when you come across people that, that don't understand, right. Cause a lot of us don't understand media psychology. How do you first introduce it to them? Like how, what, what do you start with? How do you determine how to introduce it to them? Cause it's so broad. So I need to find common ground with someone to be able to fully explain it. And people think they don't know what media psychology is, but after a few minutes of conversation, conversation, everyone knows what it is because it's pretty simple. It's just the psychology of media. And I'm glad you brought up the squirrel because I am trying to bring this information to people in a humorous and culturally relevant way. I don't want to bore people with this information. And a lot of times education is boring. So I'm really trying to help people help themselves in ways that aren't boring and 
aren't going to have people shut off in many senses. When, you know, someone random wants to talk to you about something that you don't know about, it's easy to just say, I'm okay. I don't want to learn about it. So finding that common ground is very important. Agreed. Very much so. And I think that that's the same for all content is being able to communicate that common ground and creating that connection and then fostering that with something else, whether it's, you know, happiness, whether it's understanding that other positions on a particular subject or experience exist. We see a lot of Are You Happy content where there are so many vast experiences that we either are inspired or we connect with, we resonate with, or we just learn and grow. And it's just amazing. So in, in as far as media psychology for Smarties, what I love about your content is that now it teaches in such a very, I guess, comprehensive manner, but we don't really understand that we're being told all of this amazing info because your delivery is so natural and then you make it fun. So I'm curious, who was it that taught you how to, how to teach that way and how to convey a message that way in such a personal and and fun way? Well, I wish I had an answer for you. I guess the easy answer would be that I come from a family of educators. My mom was a teacher, an administrator. My stepfather worked in education my entire life. So I think being around people who teach others has fared very well for my ability to teach others. But also, I think that it comes naturally because I'm I'm a people person. I, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy connecting with people. I'm fascinated by people. So that I think is really important, being able to teach, right? Because you need to connect with someone before you can teach them anything. So I, I would say there's a mix between my upbringing and just who I am as a person. That's exciting that you come from an upbringing of educators. And by the way, educators are awesome. We appreciate educators. I, I think they should be so much more appreciated than we sometimes do, especially the ones that inspire us. So I'm sure you've inspired many people. I'm sure your family has inspired many people. So thank you from all of us for inspiring on the daily. You spoke about growing up and something I wanted to ask you is that when you were growing up, were you yourself obsessed with social media or in the last five, 10 years, were were you like heavily invested in social personally? So I remember a time when I would come home from school and want to play outside and a time where I came home from school and wanted to go on the computer. So I had two distinct, I don't want to say upbringings, but two distinct characterizations in my upbringing. So I I think I, I saw my life with social media and without. And when I did first go on social media as a middle school student, there was a time when I deeply internalized what I saw online, whether it was good or whether it was bad. And I think that over time, the weight I placed on social media and what was said on social media definitely drifted. However, there was a time, again, when I was in high school and I had accumulated a, a bit of a following on Instagram and I felt this pressure to post and this pressure to maintain an image. And yes, I had likes, but I also felt empty inside. There was not, there was no reward beyond a mental, oh, wow, they liked it. That's great. There was nothing for me beyond that. So I, I had to make a decision to step away. And at that time, I I actually didn't know about media psychology. Um, So I was off social for a few years before I got involved with media psychology. And again, for Smarties is on social media. You'll see it on TikTok. You'll see it on YouTube. It wasn't my first choice as a way to disseminate our content, but you need to meet people where they are, right? And people are on social media and the people on social media are the ones who need to hear a message. So it's a double-edged sword. And I'm sure as you've seen in our videos, that's that's how most people feel. So there was a time where I where I wasn't obsessed, but I definitely internalized what was on there. Yeah. And, and maybe obsessed is not the right word, but it's, it's a word that's, that's valid. Yeah. Yes. There. 
So what I think is so interesting about what you just said is that you experience life both without it and with it. And I think that's powerful because you don't just have the perspective from having come out of being under that pressure of posting and and the reward that we get from posting and getting the likes and so forth. But you also know the perspective of it not having been in your life at all. So you're able to provide a very, I guess, a variable approach to it right? Where you can, you can understand both sides. So then you're able to speak to others about, you know, either side and provide different viewpoints that they would not have had before. So I think that's incredibly valuable. And we're so thankful that you're on YouTube and TikTok, truly. And you guys have a website too, correct? Where, where all of your amazing content, everything that you do, where it lives, right? Yes. You can find all of our content at www.mediapsychologyforsmarties.com. And soon we'll be having our educational videos, which are geared more towards teaching about specific media psychology research and principles on there as well. So look out on our website, but also as Vanessa just reminded you, TikTok, YouTube, hopefully the front page of the world in the near future. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, yeah, it's so necessary. What you do is so necessary. So please know that it is totally valued and appreciated and definitely so important. So once we put this episode in front of the world, we will also include all of your socials and websites on our description so people can easily navigate to them, make sure that they like and follow and and just follow your journey because that's going to be cool to see media psychology just become one of the forefront subjects. And it's exciting to watch. So you're, you're one to watch for sure. If I could ask you, what is the end goal for media psychology for Smarties? Where, where do you see it all going? I would love to create a sustainable field. I would love to be able to provide jobs for people interested in media psychology. I would love to be able to develop technologies that help us augmented reality, virtual reality. The potential with the technology you have right now is endless but we need to just hard it. We need to, we need to converge the technology into something that can actually be of benefit to us. So I would love to be able to have First Smarties be a house for everything under the media psychology umbrella. But when that happens and how that happens, it isn't, you know, I'm not going to be able to unfortunately figure detail that, but the, the end goal is to create an all-encompassing media psychology house. And there's no doubt, there's no doubt that that will happen. <laughs> it's, it's definitely going to happen. There's so much buzz about the the area of media psychology and psychology as a whole. So I think, yeah, it's definitely going to go there. One of the best parts about Are You Happy and being here on the podcast with us is that we get to talk to you a little bit about happiness, which is something that we never talk about here at all, ever. We don't talk about it. I'm totally kidding. We totally do all the time. But are you happy? I am happy. I'm happiness is definitely a struggle for me, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy when I'm helping. I'm happy when I'm aligned with myself. I'm happy when I'm focused and happiness is a choice. I I need to make that choice every day. I'm not someone who's wakes up and they're automatically happy. So I need to choose happiness and I make a conscious choice to choose it. And when you say alignment, what do you mean by that? Like, what does alignment look like? Alignment with myself, with my goals, with my work, with things that matter to me, with my meditations, with my exercise, with eating right, sleep, making sure I'm not consuming too many things that throw me off because the littlest thing has the power to ruin a day or or take away someone's happiness. And it's really important to protect our peace. And I think those things are very important to my happiness. So 
And so we often ask people, what's the source of your happiness or why? And you pretty much did a wonderful job at answering that. So thank you. But also about these little things, can you tell me more about what some of these little things are that make you happy in your daily life as far as like, whether it's a cup of coffee, a good cup of coffee, right? A good, a good run, or what are some of those other little things that, that maybe we don't know for you? To be honest, I, I feel the happiest when I'm doing something for someone else, even if I just to have a smile with a stranger on the street, I feel happy. If I have a nice little conversation with someone and we end off and have a great day, I immediately, it changes my my mood, whether I'm in a bad mood or a good mood, it makes my good mood better. For me, it's the little things. Like I said, the, the little things with strangers, even the little things like noticing the leaves falling right now, it's fall in New York, noticing the, the changing leaves and Things that we might take for granted or we might overlook throughout the day, when we pay attention to them, they can be such sources of happiness. So I, I really like to kind of take time to they say, smell the roses, touch the grass. That stuff really matters. Definitely does. And thank you. That was a beautiful portrait that you painted. So jelly. I understand that New York in the this time is like so beautiful. So if you could share a message with the world, what would that message be? I think that the best math you could learn is to calculate the future costs of your current decisions. I think that's very important as someone, as a recovering impulsive adolescent, I would, I would say that's very important. And, and also know yourself. I've spent years trying to get away from yourself and get away from myself and, um, trying to distract myself from my feelings or things going on in my life. But as far as you can travel across the world and you still can't travel away from yourself. So I think knowing yourself and being aware of makes you happy, what makes you sad, what makes you angry, what makes you anxious. I think that's the most important thing that someone can do. You said something that's so amazingly profound. And if I heard you right, you said calculate the future cost of your decisions. Is that right? Yes. How, how can we put that into words for people? Like, wh what would you explain that to be as far as the audience and, and how we would do that? I think that we just need to be mindful that everything we do and we say has some kind of consequence or ramification down the line. It's easy, especially online, it's easy to just make a comment or say something and not realize what the, the, the future cost of that comment may be or the future cost of some action may be. So I think it's very important to think about how what we're doing now can affect us and others in the future. I would agree. And you know what? So would our other guest. We have another guest here with us today, and she is someone that you know a little well. Her name I'll let her share her name, but I'll, I'll just spoiler alert. Simone is here and you've worked with her in the field uh, there in New York. So welcome, Simone. Please tell us about yourself and, and your time working with Ashley. Yeah, I'm so I'm so happy to be here just because I've been a journalist and a media producer for many years. So I'm someone who consumes media a lot and produces media a lot. So to me, it was very fascinating to meet Ashley on the streets of New York. And you're just, I was filming and she was interacting in a beautiful way with people and asking people about bad and good habits and how social media impacts their lives and explaining what media psychology 
is, and it was amazing to see people's reaction because people were, they were sharing their views on social media, their bad habits, their good habits, but also they were very curious about what media psychologist is, psychology is. So, and actually did a good job explaining to people. So that was, that was super fascinating. So, and again, as a media consumer and as a media producer, I'm always very curious and I think it's such an important topic. And one of the things that I'm, I'm very curious about, about Ashley's journey is that you were talking about your passion, your upbringing. And I was thinking if there was something very specific, like a turning point in your life, that aha moment that you said, oh my God, I want to do this. I want to help people to have better media, social media, whatever, like habits to balance their lives. I think my aha moment came through when I was I was an intern on a an, an adult inpatient psychiatric unit and at the same time I was researching adolescent suicide ideation and another hospital so I had two clinical internships going on at the same time and something that I noticed between the two was that the presence of media in our patients experiences. And at the same time, I was doing a research study on how Facebook influences our well-being, but from a clinical perspective. So when I I realized how often media was being brought up in my clinical internships, I thought there must be more. So there was a a night where I I spent a few hours online researching and, and Googling, and I eventually came across Fielding Graduate University, which is my the college that I go to, and I found their offering of media psychology. And once I found it and I saw that it was accredited by the American Psychological Association, that was when I knew that this was my path. And my mentors almost dissuaded me from becoming a media psychologist because it was so underdeveloped and they really didn't know what it was. You know, these are established clinicians in the field not knowing about a discipline in psychology. So I kind of had to go against the grain and and I knew in my gut that was my aha moment when I found that there was a study of media psychology that was that was everything coming together for me and saying this is this is your path. That's awesome. And from the experience that you, you, you had as an intern, how how do you see the field of media psychology really like helping people who really need help to develop better habits in dealing, consuming, and also producing a media because it's very, it's very, it can be very tiring, exhausting emotionally when you are into the news all the time trying to produce. And so like both ways, how do you think that could help people? So I think that the utility of media psychology is twofold. I think that on one hand, media psychology can help people to understand what kind of technology they're using, what media they're interacting with, and how the two are affecting them in their own lives in terms of their well-being, their goals, their daily life. But also, I think that media psychology can help to develop new technologies that help us overall in terms of our lives and helping us operate seamlessly rather than hindering our well-being, our goals, our 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 daily our daily functioning. So I think that understanding how these things affect us and then designing these things to actually help us are the two ways that media psychology can be of benefit to the average person or even someone who is in a, in a hospital. I mean, we're seeing, you know, new technologies are being used in healthcare and for for cert, even surgery and and for 
phobias. So there, there's a, an infinite potential for these, for media psychology to change how we live right now. What, what would you say to someone who spends hours strolling up and down their iPhones, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, news, stuff like that. And that person is just developing anxiety and depression. What would be your tip for that person to actually start developing healthier practice towards media? The first thing that you would think you would say to someone is put your phone down, but that's not, we, we can't, we can't start there because that's not the solution. It's, that's like telling someone who's, who needs their liver taken out. Well, Hey, just get a new liver. I mean, a horrible analogy, but you know what I mean? I would, I would start with, with asking them their intent for, as to why they're, why they're using what they're using on their phone. Why are you logging on to Instagram? Why are you logging on to TikTok? And I would ask them, when are you using your phone? Are you using your phone while you're in class? Are you using your phone while you're bored at home? Or I would try to get to the root of their use. And then I would help them, depending on their goals, I would help them to refine their use. So are you using Facebook because your family lives in another country and you miss them? Well, then when you go on Facebook, you need to make sure that you're actively using it to connect with your family, to look at their photos, to comment on their posts, not to be scrolling on your feed and get lost in QAnon videos three hours later. So it really comes down to intent and what, where, why, and how. The classic W's. That makes sense. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Simone's very familiar with those common W's in her <laughs> journalistic background. Simone, I've always wanted to ask you, um, can you tell me like, what is the, the journalistic background? Like where, where all did you uh, work? And then also I had a question on uh, something additional, which I'll, I'll wait, but can you tell me more about your background as far as journalism and how that took place for you? Yeah, so um, well, I, I started working as a, a TV reporter back in, in my country, Brazil. I came to the United States 23 years ago. I went to college here for media studies, and I started working as a, a media producer for the major Brazilian television network in New York City. So I was helping with the coverage, mainly politics, presidential election, international current affairs. So I was in charge of the production of two international shows. They were aired uh, in Brazil with English subtitles. I also worked for the Swiss uh, television here. I don't speak German. I was, they like as other international uh, media outlets, they have a, a bureau here and in Washington, D.C. So I was supporting their main correspondent and he was, I was helping him to cover the American presidential election and the coronavirus epidemic. And also I have experience working for documentaries, production companies. So yeah, and I, I see I'm, uh, now I've been freelancing since January, but my experience for working, especially for Globo, the, the major uh, Brazilian television network, is that you're always surrounded by very stressed out journalists because that we work on like very tight deadlines and the topics are very very, um, a lot of times negative. And uh, so it's like if you're a doctor, you have to filter, you have to go through and, but you have to keep researching and reading and digging. And, and now there is social media. So you check the news, newspapers, books, but now you have YouTube, you have TikTok, you have all kinds of, you have Reddit, you have, so it's, uh, there is no 
there's no end to to the amount of information that you always have to be researching and and filtering. So yeah, so when I, when I talk to Ashley, I always uh, I like to know about her perspective about the consumer side, but also the producer, <laughs> because we are we are we are we are always producing and always consuming. So I think it's very interesting that we talk about bad habits and how to balance. Because I know, of course, there is a good way to use it, right? There, it's not only like being stressed out or, but there is a way that you can probably have a schedule and be more careful about the time and the, uh, like, be, I don't know, being maybe more methodic about it. So I, I really, I'm very impressed. I mean, with both of you, but um, Simone, I work with you on a daily basis with Happy Productions. And so it's, it's very impressive to hear of your extensive background in various areas for television, broadcasting, all of that. But um, you touched on something that was like super, super big. So the way that media changed and the way that social media changed during the pandemic and how everyone was thrown for a loop and everyone working in production started working from home. We saw broadcasts happening from home. We saw filmmakers uh, doing film festivals festivals from home and having to, you know, cut down on major productions and go down to smaller, smaller things. And everyone had to almost like rebuild. So for both of you, this is a question for both of you, when it comes to like during the pandemic time, what did you take away um, from how social media changed, uh, whether it was for the better, for the worse, but what were some of the things that you took away from that time period where it was fairly deep during the pandemic? What did you take from that? What I took from that was that social media became more central to our communications. I mean, people use social media before, but social media became the central method of how we spoke to our friends, we kept up with our families that we couldn't see. So I think that there was a greater weight placed on it, but in the same sense, I think that that greater weight caused greater turmoil throughout society. That connection, I think, might have been too great of a connection. Because as we saw, I mean, we saw great things come out of out of social media during the COVID pandemic, including justice for George Floyd and and things of that nature. But also there was there were ideologies that that spread that were harmful and that were detrimental to democratic society. So I think that we definitely are. I don't want to say are in a worse place than we were prior to the pandemic, but we're in a more complex place. What would you say, Simone? Yeah, I, I totally agree with Ashley. Yeah, social media was central. And uh, and it's also interesting because before the pandemic, we no, no one was talking about Zoom, right? So I remember I was working for the Brazilian television, the Swiss television at the same time. And also I was working on, on a documentary and I was booking all the guests. And uh, I remember the crew was coming uh, to Washington, D.C. because we had this whole plan of uh, interviewing people and stuff like that. The pandemic hit and I had to reschedule everything. And we did a documentary that it was all the interviews were recorded on Zoom. That was something new. Before the pandemic, I mean, people was not using Zoom. And then, and so everything became like, and the reporters, producers, everybody working from home, using light from home, and doing stuff on Zoom. So it was the technology of Zoom actually saved us in that sense, which was incredible. It was very helpful because we were able to inform people, and but we couldn't be at the studio, at the bureau, right? So we did everything from home. Everybody, producers, editors, everybody was working from home. And uh, so that was that was incredible. So I think it was 
the technology was very important in that sense, in a good way, because we didn't have to stop working. And of course, everything that we do in journalism, it's much better if you are in person talking to someone. I mean, there is no doubt about that. But when you are in the middle of a pandemic, you cannot go to Washington, D.C. to interview like politicians or analysts, stuff like that. You do what you can. So it was Skype, it was Zoom. And social media was very central to that, too, because it was helping us with everything that we are doing. So it was a way to promote what we were doing. Yeah, it was. I, I feel like we entered a completely different era. And now we're still using Zoom, right? We're still using that technology because people are busy. And now they can say, no, I cannot do it. Let's, so uh, anyway, everything, it's like remote work. Everything is kind of changing. And we just, I think we are trying to adapt and see how we can balance being like doing your job in person and using Zoom, other technologies, social media, TikTok that is so big right now. So I think we are all learning and uh, adjusting, I guess. So both of you touched on some really excellent points in different spectrums and totally agree with, with all of them. So for Simone, you state that, you know, it brought everything into a very centric area. Everyone was able to not only communicate, but they were able to do other things that they they previously could not do. And Zoom, yes, huge deal. WebEx, all of these other tech companies that put yeah. forth the ability and platforms for us to do this. We're on Zoom right now. <laughs> you guys are on different areas of the coast, or at least from me, you are. So so yeah, a lot of a lot of really good things happened out of that. And then Ashley, toward your point, you know, the whole paradigm changed for social media and responsibility and what it did as far as the positives, but also the the negatives and the impact that that had on everyone and how now it's there's a whole conversation about media psychology. There's a whole conversation that needs to be had, but there's so much more to it now that it's necessary to have those conversations and to have content like yours out there to be able to teach us and to help us, you know, learn a little bit more about why it's so important or why we do the things that we do. So there, yeah, so many things that came from it. What I like to focus on, because I'm naturally, you know, a positive outward looking person is that, are you happy came? And I guess it, it grew and cultivated in that time period. Because for me, when I think of that pandemic time and in respect to everything that happened, of course, we, we, we respect everything. There's more to it than just social media, of course, right? But for me, I think of how everyone is craving human connection and how we were all so far apart. You saw still images and videos of people uh, waving through windows and driving by houses for birthdays and, and all of these images that just, you know, broke your heart. Or maybe they made you smile because you saw grandma or grandpa in the window and they're waving to their grandchildren child or you know, all these things, all these different areas. So when I think of, of that time, I also think of Are You Happy and how it connected millions all over the world and how they were able to connect by those simple stories of courtings, whether we were socially distanced <laughs> with masks on interviewing people or whether we were up closer or giving them a microphone or however it was that it was presented. But uh, I think that that the content for Are You Happy because it allows people to share stories and connect on a, on a different level and from home or from their mobile device where they are, that it, it had a significant impact on making sure that we could stay connected and share common stories and say, hey, me too, 
or I hear you or I feel that or, hey, now my day is better because I saw something that I never would have seen. So I, I, I hope that social media will continue to grow and continue on that momentum of positive change. And, and uh, someone on a recent show actually said uh, that it's it's a social uh, change that that will come about from from social media. I mean, social. Right. But uh, in the respects that it's going to elevate how it is that we interact and it can do much more than just become tool of um, other various paths, which I won't even go down. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, I love both of your viewpoints and what you brought today. Thank you so much for speaking on all of these areas. And Ashley, again, I can't thank you enough for all that you do. And we hope that, you know, you just have such an impact on the world and, and millions of people come and see it. And, and, I, and I, it totally will happen. But I have to ask you this because I'm dying to ask you this. I've always wanted to do this. Are you ready? Ready. All right. I promise it's not scary. <laughs> Social media, good or bad? <laughs> Depends how you use it. I will leave it at that. Okay. Simone, social media. Yeah. Bad. I, I would say both. It can be good and it can be bad. So I'm always, I'm someone, I'm always looking for the light. So I'm trying to to balance and and to learn more and more how to use it. Awesome. Well, thank you, ladies, so very much. Is there anything that, uh, Ashley, that you want to share about social media sciences or anything that we didn't quite touch on that you just like are dying to share with the world that that's something that you want them to know? No, I, I just think that it's important for people not to overestimate their ability to steer clear of the implications that media and technology have on them. Because we are people, we're not superhuman, we are not better than anyone else in terms of the way that our phones affect us. So I think that, you know, just be aware. Awesome message. And again, can you remind our people where to find you online, website, social handles? Let's go. Media Psychology for Smarties, mediapsychologyforsmarties.com. You can find us at Media Psychology for Smarties on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. Awesome. Again, thank you ladies so much for being here. Are you happy listeners? We will see you next week for another episode of Are You Happy Podcast. Thank you guys so much. And just hang around and we will hang out after the show. The Are You Happy Hour and Are You Happy Hotline are brought to you by Are You Happy Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media such as Instagram and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. Are You Happy, the docuseries can also be found on social media such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See you guys next time for another wonderful episode of Are You Happy, the Happy Hour.